And without that intention and without that post, it kind of, that's what starts to pull you off base because you're looking outside of yourself for signals of success or danger. And that's where these things get unhealthy and start to make your happiness go off balance. So we always talk about soul and logic, right? And going in. Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie-dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset. We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. We've been hearing a lot about the toxicity of social media and the news in our world. And this podcast, we want to take a slightly different spin. We are going to talk about some of those things and staying positive in a lot of the negative world out there, but also taking it with a perspective of how we compare ourselves, how that really undermines our own ability to self-regulate and be really centered in our lives. Scott, I know you have a lot of thoughts about this, especially starting around mindset. Talk to our listeners about how you stay above the noise. And there is a lot of noise, isn't there? Yes. I think the first thing is that right there is to be aware of what's noise and what's not noise. And a client was asking me just this morning, what would you have done differently 10 years ago? I mean, that was a time when I made a major professional shift in my life. And what I told him was I would have had more fun in what I was doing and trusted what I was doing more. But I think to be able to do that, we also have to understand what's noise and what's not noise. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking to myself, what does fun feel like? And for example, what does that noise feel like? And what's it making me feel like? And so what I've been doing more and more is adjusting my mindset to only go in the direction of conversations, people, paying attention to events, participating in events that make me feel good. So knowing in advance, that makes me feel good based on past history. Being with that person makes me feel good. Watching that makes me feel good. And if it doesn't, news, for example, (laughs) I turn it off or don't participate. I think that's one of the biggest things right there is mindset. So to sum it all up is mindset, but there's a lot within that. I think, can you talk a little bit? Because I I totally agree with what you're saying. I think some people might be thinking though, well, that's just sticking your head in the sand and not being a participant, a global participant, if you will, with the wars and floods and earthquakes and you know all the hardship that people are experiencing. And yet it's not something we can personally take responsibility for. So how do you balance that for you of like, I'm just not going to bring this into my life, but also I know you're also a very global citizen. So how do you balance between sort of paying attention to what is in your world and yet not totally disappearing from the world. I dip in and dip out. So yeah, (laughs) I know exactly what's going on, but I don't immerse myself. And it's kind of like, I stick my toes in, I get the information, I get what I need as far as what's happening globally, but I don't sit and watch hour after hour after hour of commentary on something. It's kind of like when you're watching sportscasters talking about the plays that could have happened, it doesn't really matter, right? I'm not too concerned with what's already happened, but I'm aware of what's going on. But I also am aware that this is what I can control. 
and this is what I can't control. And most of that I can't control. I can only control my reaction to it or how I respond to it. And so if, if it doesn't make me feel good, or if I find that it makes me feel agitated or anxious or upset or depressed, I don't spend a lot of time with it. You know, I dip in and dip out, get the information, understand what's happening, but I don't allow it to be the majority. I focus on something else that makes me feel good to be the majority. And I found that that's worked really well, particularly in the last, you know, two and a half years, right? Through all of the pandemic and what still is going on around us. There's, there's always going to be a reason to be pulled off balance. And I know what it feels like to be off balance and be pulled off balance. And I refuse to allow something external to me to do that. Yeah. And I think while we're talking about the things, I like that off balance um, framing, if you will. And if we just sort of set this up as like what sets us off balance before we get into the, how we stay on balance, a lot of people are really into social media, right? There's lots of stuff around teenagers. And I mean, we all can get distracted, hugely distracted by social media. And I think part of the staying happy or staying above the fray in social media, it social media is built to make you feel like you're comparing your life, right? You, I know I stay off it. I'm pretty sure you do too, probably to our professional development, but more for our personal mental health. <laughs> but it is built for that to say, oh, so you only, most people only post their happiest, you know, oh, I'm on this wonderful trip. Oh, I'm doing these wonderful things. They don't tell you that they were delayed 12 hours in the airport and their kids were crying and it was miserable to get there, but they're just showing you this wonderful, like little moment that seems really perfect. And then people seeing that are like, oh, why isn't my life so perfect? And then you start to lose that happiness a little bit. I know, you know, as, as you think about external factors besides news, things like social media, again, I know you kind of stay out of it too, or at least I think you do, but any thoughts on, on dipping in and out of social media in a healthy way? <laughs> just stay out. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I was more active than I am now. I don't have any problem with social media, but I, again, I, I go back to what I said last week about intention and discerning. So I have to ask myself, what's my intention for being here? What's my intention for posting? What's the intention that I have behind spending time in social media? And I honestly, with that, I dip in and dip out too. I, I allocate just a little bit of time to go in there and see what's happening with a few people I care about, you know, see what some of the, the updates are. I'm aware that most of what all of us post on there is the best that's happening in our life at the moment. And I also understand our human condition, which our mind wants, our ego is always comparing. I'm not really falling into that trap, but I'm also aware of what my intention is for going in there. And when I post something, I want it to be meaningful. You know, I'm not posting it to show off. Oh, by the way, I'm here. Oh, by the way, I'm there. I'd like it to be meaningful. So I haven't posted a whole lot because I've just had not a whole lot to say in social media, but it really follows the same principle. If, if I'm going in there as an escape or I'm going in there or you know, watching the news, social media, if it's to avoid something else or if it's to waste time, it's not serving a purpose for me. I'm, I'm pretty, um, what's the word? I'm pretty focused and intent on what it is I'm doing when I'm doing it. And I'm also paying attention more now than ever, because I understand the consequences and how bad they are being pulled off balance. I understand the consequences of allowing my energy to drop because I get pulled into situations, conversations, news, whatever it might be, right? Something that doesn't make me feel good. And you know, part of this staying positive, I think, is really our energy management. Is what is our intention behind it? 
And somebody was explaining it to me like this a long time ago. If you're learning how to be a tightrope walker, no, I've never done it. And I don't think I ever will. But if you're learning, you know, you start learning with, with the tightrope very low to the ground, a few feet, a few more feet, a few more feet, you fall, it's not a big deal. The more you, we raise our energy, those falls hurt more. The higher we go on the tightrope, meaning the higher we progress energetically, when we aren't managing ourselves and we don't know what the intention is behind what we're doing, it does have the impact. It has a greater impact on us than it might have before because the fall is from a higher place. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. I think if I it's kind of say it back to a little bit, um, it's sort of, I love the intentionality of going in with news, with social media or anything external. Maybe it's your family unit, whatever it is going in really with a lot of intention. Cause I, what I think I'm hearing you say is if you go in without intention, you start to, well, I'm, I'm making a little bit of a leap here, but you start to compare with, you just see what you see. You start to compare yourself to what's happening around, um, or you get drug dragged into the drama of the awful thing that's happening. And you start to get the external signals of success or, or things that are really scary. Right. And without that intention and without that post, it kind of, that's what starts to pull you off base. Cause you're looking outside of yourself for signals of success or danger. And that's where these things get unhealthy and start to make your happiness go off balance. So we always talk about soul and logic, right? And going in. And I think that's what you're saying. Like if you're in, you're centered, then you can be on that tightrope no matter how high it goes. But if at some point you lose focus and you go, oh, wait, I'm not as successful because I just went and did a deep dive on social media and now I feel bad about myself, you fall. Or, you know, you see something horrible on the news and you get scared to fall. And if you're not staying centered and on that tightrope, um, you know, you just, the less centered you are, the more propensity, higher risk you have for falling. Is that a decent way of yeah, talking about what you just absolutely. talked about? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the family example is a great one, right? I mean, how many times or, or just around people that we're casually acquainted with and we kind of anticipate how the situation is going to be, maybe not where we'd like it to be, but we're kind of obligated to go mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Again, it's kind of like dipping in and dipping out, but being really aware and cognizant before we enter into that Here's how I'm going to manage myself, protect myself energetically. Um, you know, I'll kind of move around the room a little bit. I won't spend too much time with one person. I'll maybe spend less time with, with one more with another, right? So it's really understanding where we are, going within, finding our center, and, and, and knowing what it feels like when we're being pulled out of balance. Mm-hmm. Because that's the biggest problem. Most of the time, we don't know until we're already out of balance. Or until we're free falling, you know, we're falling off of that tightrope and we're like, what the heck just happened? Exactly. I mean, I hate to keep bringing up COVID, but I do remember at one point, I was pretty good about staying above the fray. And I had this one, like one week period where for some reason, I just got obsessive about all the information that was happening. And it was pretty late in the pandemic happening. And as you think about what the signals are of getting pulled off, my anxiety became so high. I started thinking like, how do I protect myself if things go really badly? And I don't remember, to be honest, what like snapped me out of it, but I thought, what in the world? Like, where have I gone? So one, my mind was running crazy with thoughts that I don't normally have. I'm usually pretty centered. I'm usually pretty good at being on the tightrope, but I had fallen off that tightrope and scared myself to death (laughs) almost. Uh, it certainly scared myself into pretty high level of anxiety. And once I realized that was happening to your point, I stopped my 
obsessive news reading and just figured out what was my reality, right? So how could I live in a comfortable way of, you know, protect my own health? Like I can't do anything about the millions of people with COVID, right? But I can do what I can do to help myself feel safe and healthy and whatnot. And just by kind of coming back into center and calming the, my the mind down and just really understanding the reality around me, like what was really happening in my little microcosm of my world, just eased that anxiety almost immediately. And then I could kind of look back and laugh at myself and be like, wow, like I pride myself on being pretty centered and I went off the deep end there. I don't even know how, <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And we don't catch ourselves until we're already drowning. Good right. Point. Or mm-hmm. we're flailing around and we're screaming, help, help. And we don't know because now the physical manifestation is set in. And that's what sometimes, often for most of us, that's what makes it real. You know, one of my family members a couple of elections ago was was crazed, was really, really crazed by the whole thing, nonstop news from morning to night. And I knew it wasn't healthy. It was like ingesting poison. Mm-hmm. It was like a toxin coming in all the time, just blaring at him. Started having heart palpitations, anxiety attacks in the emergency room, out of the emergency room, wearing a heart monitor. Nothing was wrong. absolutely nothing was physically wrong with the body it was all caused by and now he can look at it and recognizes it was all caused by what he was doing to him what he allowed to happen to himself which was being pulled off balance and so now he has a lot more intention when he does listen to listen to the news you know of course he still has opinion of course he still has a desire for certain things to be a certain way but recognizes i can't control that Here's what I can control. And now I know what the alternative is. If I don't focus on the positive or focus on myself to start with, stay balanced, you know, adjust my mindset when necessary and catch myself before I free fall. Yeah, I think those are um, really great examples and sort of what's that uh, saying where like the, the frog goes in the pot and it's cold water and he can like boil them and he doesn't know it, or you throw him in the hot pot and it jumps out. I feel like that's the hot pot. Like you jump it and you're like, Ooh, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, you might be boiling for a little while, but you jump out. Sort of a slower one, I think, is when you are comparing yourself or you are, there's something that you want in your mind and you're feeling like you're not getting it. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I mean, this is a lot of the coaching that we do is like, I, I'm in pain because I'm here and I want to be over there. And I'm not over there. So I'm not good enough, smart enough, whatever enough. I'm too lazy. I procrastinate all the things we tell ourselves that we're not enough. Right. So this is now we're turning inside. I just want to, you know, there's, it's easy to turn off news and social media to a point, um, but much harder to address sort of your own internal angst and to keep yourself in that happy spot. Um, and the external, external environment's not helping any of that, but we also have this internal environment that we can do this basically to ourselves. Yeah, it's so true. And think about it from a very young age, we have been put into positions where we are being compared against others playing sports, right? Do we make the team? Do we not make the team? Are we on honor roll? Are we not on honor roll? Did we get the highest score? Did we give the presentation? Are we the best looking person? Are we the beauty queen or the prom king, right? We're continually in places where we're, we're conditioned to compare. And it's a hard thing because that's exactly what the ego does is always comparing us to others. And that is something that is that control of our mind, right? Is being, being in control and knowing, okay, recognizing this is what's going on. 
here's what's likely going to happen. And do I really give a bleep or not? Right. <laughs> right. Because in right. the end, what's the worst possible outcome? I always like to ask myself that. What is the worst possible outcome? I want to be here. I'm not there yet. Will I ever get there? I don't know. And if I don't, so what? But identifying that sometimes helps the ego just take a back seat. It's true. And I think also a question in there too is like, what's the outcome? And is this the outcome I want or is it the outcome I'm working toward because that's what society says I should want. My parents says it's what I should want. My friends say it's what I should want. Like, what are you, are you actually just going by, are you being self-determined or are you being determined by other, other factors? I think is really key. And when you feel that friction, most likely you're not being self-determined in that outcome. Right. You're not being authentic to yourself. And if you're, mm -hmm. if we're never or not authentic to ourselves in any one aspect of our lives, we are most likely going to have regret. And that's where the proverbial midlife crisis comes from. <laughs> or quarter life crisis or, or three quarter, quarter life, life crisis. crisis. <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I talked with people kind of in all stages of those. Okay, so we want to make sure that we have ways to help listeners get out of the comparison game and taking some really healthy steps forward into really being centered and knowing yourself. We'll be right back. You're listening to Soul Logic, shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset. Check out our course online at roadmaptoawakening.com, helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey. Here we are to share a few tips that can help you stop comparing yourselves to others and keep a more positive and shall we say consistent, right? Focus throughout your day, throughout your week, forever. And I think the first one is being in the now. When we're in the present, it's really difficult to be lamenting about the past or worried about the future. And so much of our time is spent either in the past, blaming ourselves, criticizing ourselves, wishing we were somewhere else than where we are right now, or worried about what's going to happen in the future. Oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe it is going to work out. But none of that really matters. And what I found is the more time that I've been spending right here, right now in the present, just like my body is, Cindy, you taught me that, right? Here, here's our body. I was always, just going to go there. <laughs> always focused in the present. Tell us more about it. No, I was. that's exactly what I was going to say. Just we talked about that in a prior podcast that the mind goes, the mind has the ability to look at the past and go forward. The body can only be right now. So if you're wondering how, what I'm, what you're feeling right now, just tune into your body. Like, how is your body feeling? Are you feeling a little anxious? Is your heart palpitating? You know, are you breathing shallowly or, you know, whatever is your, do you sense your mind going off? Are you like not, not connected to your body at all? You have no idea what's going on in your body. Like all of these things are signals to help you get back into the now. Yeah. It's a really important place to be right in the present. And then the other one is let's focus on what's working. We get more of what we expect. We get more of what we think about, usually whether we like it or not. So if we are expecting something to be a certain way, it's probably going to be pretty close to that because we can't even see the alternative of it. You know, I use the example often with coaching clients, Cindy, you and I can be driving down the road. You come to visit me for the first time. 
I've been here for many years. You're like, wow, that's a really cool building. That's a, that's a nice garden. And you have all these compliments about the local area. And I say, well, that building actually wasn't there. And before it was even nicer, that garden was a lot nicer before. And I start comparing, comparing again, not just about me, but I compare everything around me to what it used to be, wishing that things didn't change. And you and I are seeing something completely different. We're driving down the same road. You've got this kind of wide open perspective. You're not jaded. You haven't been here before. I've been looking at this for over 20 years and I have a lot of opinion about it. That's one of the biggest problems that we all have is that we all have too much opinion, don't we? <laughs> I love Ooh. it. <laughs> yeah, that actually just happened. So I just had a friend and her five-year-old daughter come visit me this last weekend and we were going to go to the coast and I live up here in Washington state and there is a town called Tillamook and you may know Tillamook cheese. And there's a, every time you go by, they have a huge like visitor center and you can go in and as an adult, it just sounds horrible. There's always a line. Like I have no interest. I've seen other cheese factories, like pass hard pass, but my friend shows up with her five-year-old daughter and I'm thinking, Oh, what a great idea. Right? So you know, definitely certain different people coming in, but I, it's a little bit off what you're saying, but also maybe just, you know, if you can see it through the eyes, even if you can't do it through your own eyes, what would a child think of this? Like, what would your inner child think of this too? Cause you just think of, oh, you see the cheese rolling off the conveyor belt and getting cut or whatever's happening. And to a child, it's like magic. <laughs> and I'm thinking if adults were coming to visit me, I'd be no way. Are we going to go do that? So I think it's, it's a little bit adjacent to what you're saying, but absolutely like your perspective and how you view things is really important to focus on the positive side of those things. It is. And I love your example of the child because it's really rare that a child has a strong opinion about something negative. They're generally in the moment present, right? They're really with their bodies too. So true. Yes. Right. So I think it's great that you talk about this little cheese factory tour, <laughs> but the real thing is if we can be more childlike in some ways, or even consider what does the child in us or even around us, if we have children, what's the child thinking, you know, or even ask the child, what do you, what's going on for you right now? What are you thinking about this? What are you feeling about this? But the minute we slip into our adult mind, things start to go really awry sometimes. It's true. Well, and I also like the idea of the child, but even into the adult where you're holding out the best scenario to come to fruition. I just had a, an, an experience with a person where things were kind of going awry and it took work, but I really, really tried to hold the highest and best outcome for us to get through the sort of rough patch together. And it wasn't easy. I mean, I wasn't always perfect about it, but I will say holding the other person in the highest light, holding myself in the highest light really did impact the way I interacted with this person. I don't, I mean, I can't say if it did for them or not, but at least they weren't reacting. If I went negative, I was, excuse me, scratch. I was able to, to stay more positive and not let the argument or the, the situation spiral down any more than it already was. And I think that did help. I mean, we'll never know, but I do think by trying to really if I felt myself going down, I'm like, oh, this isn't working and being like, well, what would it look like if it did work? What if I held this person? What if I believe the best in this person? What if I believe the best in me? What would that look like on the other side of this? It was incredibly helpful, very hard, but incredibly helpful. And it'll be easier every time you do it, but there you are. Your intention was, your intention was very clear. 
Mm-hmm. And you were very um, aware of what you were focusing on and what you were going to allow into your, you know, into the, into your realm and what you weren't going to allow. So that was, that's powerful. It was. And I think another piece of this, there's a book called the gap in the gain, which I really love. I, I'm not all the way through it, but I've listened to most of it. And the concept is as humans, we tend to focus on the gap of like, I'm here and I want to be over there. And there's this big chasm between me and what I want. And we often don't take the time to go, oh, well, how much progress have I actually made toward this goal? And that's the gain, right? So the premise of the book is to focus on the gain. Yes, have a goal. Absolutely. Have a destination that you want to go to, but recognize and celebrate that you made it to mile one, to mile two, to mile three. And to they even recommend to write it down because our brains are hardwired to forget stuff. We can't possibly process all the information that comes to us all at once, every second of the day. So the brain is wired to say, oh, okay, you want to do this now? Great. Okay. I'm going to put that into the, into the mind of the body programmed in set done, forget about it. And so we forget that we, we walked mile one, we forget our brain is wired to do it. And so if you write it down, recognize it, think about it, you remember, oh, I made this much progress. And then when you do it with mile two, same thing. Uh, it's something I'm going to start doing in my my practice, my personal practice, I just really loved it because I certainly fall into that trap of like, oh, I really want to be over here. Why am I not here? It's taking me so long. I'm so slow. Like all this, all this stuff, you know, we're talking is against what we just talked about, like staying in the positive, right? Instead of saying, oh, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Look how far I've come. It feels so much better. And I feel so much more motivated. I feel better about myself. I get excited. I feel energized to go do and like actually make my goal when I actually recognize everything that I've done. It's even just in a short little exercise after reading part of this book, it's been hugely helpful. And I just wanted to share that with, with listeners. No, it's a great tip. And you said the book is called again, it's called the gap and the gain, the gap, G-A-I-N. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's so true. And, And you ask anybody, tell me five great things about your life right now many will pause, ask them to tell you five things that are wrong. And they've got a long list. That is such a good point. That is such a good point. It's a sad reality. It is. I think it's like going to be our new mission to change that. <laughs> well, and because let's focus on what's working, you know, and that's the other thing, right? The vast majority of our lives is working pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But then it's mm-hmm. that one part or that one area, you know, maybe we're looking for that special somebody And we're just, we can't see all the other great happening around us or choose not to focus on it because we're looking at the gap. Mm -hmm. What you don't have. What we don't have. I don't have a relationship. My life is horrible. It's hardly horrible. Mm -hmm. And, and that projects an energy around us that makes us really not very attractive to that person that could be that special one. And that's only one example, but you know, I want to switch it into high vibe attracting the tribe, but go ahead. No, I was just, I was actually going to go there. I was like, when you are like, oh, I don't have this person. Oh, woe is me. Like you are just sort of repelling anybody that has a high, that's like, Ooh, I want to, you know, I want to be with you because they're like, Oh, like they're not in a, they're not in a good place. The energy is low. And so I think, yeah, I was headed right there. Go for it. High vibe. Well, like, like attracts like. Absolutely. And so what do you want to attract? You know, we have to ask ourselves again, what's the intention? Do we want to attract people that are going to commiserate with us and focus on what's not working? Or do you want to attract people that make us feel good, make us smile, can laugh at some of the crazy stuff happening in our lives and around Mm -hmm. us. 
it's a choice. We all have a choice and ties back into personal responsibility, which we've talked about before. And it's not just about romantic relationships. It certainly deals with any personal relationships that be, can be family members who sort of come and go that you were close to. And, and as you evolve and, and raise your vibration, some of them might fall away or not have the same amount of closeness and the same with friendships. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of the biggest things that I had to learn in the last 10, 15 years of my life particularly when I was going through coaching training, I started realizing that things were changing around me. My view of people and events, activities, situations was changing around me, but also the relationships were changing. And sometimes I was losing people, but I realized it wasn't because they did anything wrong or they behaved any differently. I was changing mm-hmm. and I was changing with intentionality, right? I was consciously aware of what I was doing, showing up differently, more positive, less willing to gossip or complain or focus on the problem. I was more solution oriented in all areas of my life. And it meant sometimes that there were relationships in my life um, and friendships that had been there for quite a while that didn't, that nothing bad happened but we simply grew apart. And I think that that's something important to remember that everything is energy. And as we are changing our energy and our vibe and what we're putting out there, we're going to attract new people. We're going to redefine other relationships and friendships in our lives. And it's okay. It's what's meant to be. Yeah. You're like, versus like attracts like is just less, a little less alike, right? Right. Yeah. And it falls away. And I think we were talking a little bit before the podcast too, that this happens a lot. We talk about it in the roadmap to awakening, especially when you sort of first have that spark of awakening, a lot of friendships will fall away. It's really confusing. It's hard. You're like, I don't understand what's happening, but it's a pretty common experience where people you used to relate to suddenly you can't get on the same page with anymore. But what we're finding, and we're not beginners, we're not experts, but we're not beginners. We're somewhere, I feel like, you know, in the middle of the journey, it still happens. And I think that's the piece that surprises or takes us aback sometimes, or at least for me, we're like, oh, I kind of thought that just happened at the beginning, <laughs> you know? yeah. but it can happen over the whole journey and new people come in and that's great. And sometimes we just, some other people just fade away. It does. I mean, we're continually evolving to higher levels of awareness and consciousness, and we're doing it with intentionality. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's it's still a surprise to me, similar to you. I'm I'm still kind of surprised when it happens. I think, wow, I didn't expect that, but I'm also okay with it because on a, on a macro view, I understand what's happening energetically Mm -hmm. and it makes sense to me on a heart, on a soul level, Mm -hmm. there's still the sadness, but I, I understand it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm trying to be much more in the present than I am focusing on the past, questioning what I did. I understand what I did. I understand how I've grown and I understand, I don't necessarily know where I'm going and that's okay. That's what makes this exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our final tip for listeners is you don't have to do this alone. Like part of this whole podcast is you are not alone. I'm guessing anything you're going through, somebody else on this planet is going through or has gone through it as well. And that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to take you know, a mental health day or take some time off. Treat yourself right. Fill up your own tank first. And we'd like to challenge you to make a commitment to yourself starting today or a recommitment to yourself starting today. Thanks for listening. At Soul Logic, we're excited 
to explore all of these topics and spirituality that is not breathy. Exactly. We have our <laughs> online course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. You can see it online at roadmaptoawakening.com. I'm Scott Masciarelli. I'm Cindy Jennings. We're so thrilled you joined us today. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.